Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Jill Tucker. Jill is a certified animal welfare administrator and the CEO of Cal Animals. Jill has been involved in the field of animal welfare since 2002, where her strong leadership skills have enabled her to facilitate growth, collaboration, and financial turnarounds while maximizing impact for the animals. In her former role as Executive Director of Woods Hole Society in San Luis Obispo, California, Ms. Tucker led a facility expansion, a merger with the North County Humane Society in Estacadero, and the opening of SLO County's first public spay and neuter clinic. During this time, the organization also more than tripled its life-saving capacity by dramatically increasing animal intakes and adoptions. Previously, she held the position of executive director at the Santa Maria Valley Humane Society, where she spearheaded rapid growth and the completion of the organization's multi-million dollar campaign for its new larger shelter. Ms. Tucker holds a BS in business administration, has worked as a consultant for the Humane Society of the United States and the Vermont Humane Federation to build a statewide animal cruelty response system and previously acted as executive director of the Addison County Humane Society in Middlebury, Vermont. Jill, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Wow, wow. So you go to Vermont to California. So uh, that's, a, that's a big jump. And uh, I'm, I'm sure you've had much better weather over the years. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, it's been a journey. So, you know, you, you've obviously been in the, in the industry for, for quite a few years. Were you always focused on being involved in animal welfare, or did your uh, did your life plan take a turn and sort of bring you into to animals? Well, I've been passionate about animals since I was a child, and um, but I've also been an avid um, horse person. And I went to school in um, San Jose, California, and it was the Silicon Valley in the height of you know as, as technology was growing. Um, and I kind of, through college, just landed in a career in software, which was good enough at the time because it paid the horse bills, <laughs> but it really wasn't satisfying for me. Um, and I, I ended up going through a big life change in 2002 where I really sold everything and moved across the country to Vermont um, with my dogs and and to take on the role of executive director of the Addison County Humane Society. Um, so I had I had gotten my feet wet though as a volunteer um, starting as a foster parent for a rescue organization in Berkeley, California. And um, I ended up on their board of directors, they contacted me one day and said, hey, you know, you're a business person. Maybe you can help us. We're about to file for bankruptcy. And I, I said, sure, I, you know, I'd love to help you. The work you're doing is really important. And so, you know, I had a meeting with them and then three hours later was on the board and two months later was president of the board. And that's where I got my first crash course in nonprofit management. 
Um, but I, I really, once I moved to Vermont and got in the role, I just felt so at home in it. I love sheltering. I love the skill set it requires to um, manage these organizations, and um, it can, it taps into every part of me, and it and it just feeds my soul. Um, and I've been really, really happy with the journey that I've had. That's and it's interesting to me. I, sometimes when I talk to folks that have been executive directors of nonprofits, I I feel like there's a lot of exhaustion in their language and. They're just very fatigued, but you have a lot of energy in thinking back into that period of time. And maybe it's different because it's, you know, been a while or something like that. But, um, you know, I enjoyed running the organization that I ran for several years that I felt there was a great amount of variety every day, had a new challenge, but it was always a good challenge because you felt empowered to be able to, to do good, you know, to make a difference, to do something. Um, and it seems like the organizations that you've been in, involved with have had a lot of growth and great change during your tenure with them. You know, are there any words of wisdom of, you know, how to positively impact an organization from that leadership seat? Oh, gosh. Um, I am, you know, I think there are different types of leaders and I'm, I'm definitely one that's um, more of a grower than a maintainer. Um, I really enjoy getting people aligned behind a vision and moving forward. I, I just have so much enthusiasm for the work and um, for the ultimate impact it makes for the animals. And I would say, you know, what's kept me going in this career for so long is that I love the people that do this work. Um, it's hard. Sheltering is hard. It's emotional. Um, dealing with animal issues is hard. Sometimes, you know, dealing with the public and, and the things that people do to animals is is heartbreaking. But the people that that show up and do this every day and pour their hearts and souls into it are really amazing. And it's such an honor to lead teams that do this work. I've met just so many incredible people over the years. And really that's what led me into this position with the California Animal Welfare Association is that I love the leaders of these agencies um, because they're showing up every day to do really hard stuff. And regardless of um, kind of where they sit on their opinions with things, they they all come to it with a great deal of passion. And I have just tremendous respect for all of them. So you've always been in a leadership role or, or were there other opportunities where you were sort of in like more of the operations standpoint, or were you always in that relationship between sort of operations and board of directors and in that fundraising position, that sort of that triangle of life, I would say up at that level? <laughs> Yes, I was always in that leadership role. So I got my first executive director job I was when I was 27. And it's been a really good fit for me. Um, but, you know, we all know there are challenges in that role when you're, you're kind of the liaison between a staff and a board and the representative in the community and that, you know, need to want to take care of everyone mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, and make all of the stakeholders happy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I've loved it. I've, I've always loved it. And it's, it's just been a good fit for me, um, through all these years. And do you feel like you just sort of took to it like a, 
as they say, duct takes to water? Or was there some special training that you got or mentorship that you felt was really helpful in that process? Oh, gosh. You know, when I when I started um, with the Humane Society in Vermont, I didn't know anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I and I really just jumped in and got things done. Um, I'm I'm very uh, collaborative by nature. I'm, I'm good at, at facilitating, you know, people working together to solve problems. And so that part really came naturally to me. In, in hindsight, if I had known how many, you know, wonderful, knowledgeable people and resources there were around the country to help, I, I would have asked for help. Um, I think that's the challenge with new leaders. You don't know what you don't know, so you don't know to ask. And, uh, and that's, you know, kind of what I, what I focus on in, in this role in supporting leaders of shelters around the state of California is helping to facilitate that exchange of information and establish a, a culture of support so that no one feels alone in this work that they're doing. Um, because really in the field of animal welfare, no matter what you're trying to accomplish, someone else has already done it and done it well, and people are very willing to share. Yeah, and I think that that is something that maybe has changed over the years. I mean, I've I've been involved in this world since 1994, and you know things have changed. I think pretty dramatically over that time. Say goodbye to scooping. Say hello to a better litter box. Introducing Kitty Sift, the eco-friendly waterproof litter box made of recycled cardboard. Just lift, sift, and reuse. See it on Amazon or go to kittysift.com. And use coupon code PODCAST for 15% off. Hey, everybody. I wanted to just share our next free event. It's going to be Trappers Tips and Tricks on Saturday, March 14th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll have Brian Cordes of Neighborhood Cats sharing all of his experience, his tips, the burning questions about how to get those last cats trapped. Please join us on March 14th, which is Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and get your questions asked and share all your tips and tricks. To register, please go to www.communitycatspodcast.com. We'll see you there. And don't forget, we'll always have some cat trivia. So show up, get ready to play. See you then. So yeah, let's talk about Cal Animals. What is Cal Animals and what is it that, that you're doing to really ensure that you know this organization um, helps throughout all of California? So Cal Animals is our kind of short name for the California Animal Welfare Association. And what this organization is, um, it's the result of a recent merger between the State Humane Association of California and the California Animal Control Directors Association. Both of those statewide associations were representing shelters and had been working uh, together on legislative advocacy and on putting on conferences, um, yet we're having separate meetings and separate finances. And um, it's we everyone kind of realized that it, it made sense to bring um, both parties under the same roof. So we merged um, about a year and a half ago and it, it's been really good. Um, California is, 
a huge state. And it's funny, I was at the recent um, Association for Animal Welfare Advancement conference, and there was a woman from Canada talking about how they're looking to implement standards for shelters um, for their entire country. And when she talked about how many shelters they they had, I, I dawned on me that like our state is is bigger than Canada, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of of population and animals and the number of of shelters. So um, we have our hands full here. Um, I took on the leadership role of this organization in March, and um, you know, I I had been with Woods Humane Society for probably four and a half years, maybe five years. And, um, and I had been on the board of the state humane association of California and helped guide that merger process. Um, and we had a strategic planning session in January of 2019 that, um, where we really talked about our priorities and what we could accomplish as an organization. And I got so excited about that and about the potential that this organization has to really move the needle on animal welfare in this state, that when we talked about um, how to structure the organization and staffing, I casually mentioned I would be interested um, <laughs> in in taking a leadership role and um, the the board was pretty excited about that. So I, I was able to step in in March, which was just about six weeks before our major annual conference, um, which was a little stressful, but it it's it's been really good. Uh, there's a lot of potential in this state and I'm such a believer that, if we work together effectively, we can save all the healthy and treatable animals in this state. And I, and, you know, as a, as someone that believes in collaboration and that really values and respects all of the, the players and all of the opinions at the table, um, it's been a good fit for me to sit in this role. Um, it's certainly a challenging one. And, um, you know, people often acknowledge that I'm always having to be Switzerland because um, there are a lot of different opinions and they're really strong opinions um, and and people are, are very passionate about what they believe in. Um, and my intention is to help them recognize that they really truly agree on about 95% of the work they're doing. And, and I really think if we can focus there and get them to work together, we're going to achieve a lot. Um, our state is pretty challenged because we have a major disparity of resources and it's so diverse. I mean, we've got very big, well-run, well-resourced organizations with beautiful facilities like the San Diego Humane Society and San Francisco SPCA and Silicon Valley Humane. Um, but there's also rural areas that have maybe one animal control officer and a tiny building and, um, you know, no veterinarian within 60 miles. Um, and then there, there are some agencies that are, you know, out in the desert, um, literally and, uh, and some in the mountains, and then we've got big cities and then we've got, you know, a gazillion organizations probably within the County of Los Angeles where there are probably 10 million people. So, 
Um, it's it's very diverse, um, and and we certainly have our challenges in this state. Um, but I do like the amount of collaboration I'm seeing, um, and in moving animals around and helping our uh, member agencies, you know, to kind of determine where resources are needed and who can step in to assist. Um, because I, I think that's what it's going to take really to achieve our, our goals of creating truly humane communities within California. Yeah. So you, you're using the phrase, uh, humane communities and, um, you know, how are, how are your, what are your thoughts with regards to community cats in, in California? I mean, there are a lot of different policies and different legislation all around the state, many different layers. And as you said, resources are an issue. Uh, but I'm just wondering if there's a, either a position or a cer- certain thoughts around community cats from, from your organization. So our organization doesn't have a position on it. Um, I, I would say among our members and even among our board, um, we've got agencies that have embraced community cat models um, and are having tremendous success. Um, and others that, you know, on, on the, the other end of the spectrum that are just horrified at the idea of, um, you know, putting or let's say returning a cat out there without a known owner. Um, so my official position is no position, um, but that, you know, we recognize in California that Cats are a huge issue, and uh, they're they're the you know reflect the highest percentage of euthanasia in our shelters, um, and it's going to take all sorts of strategies, I think, to ultimately address this. And what we're trying to do is really meet our members where they are, um, regardless of of their philosophy. Um, if there's if if they're interested in community cats, we want to you know support that and connect them with training and resources. If they're not comfortable with that, then we want to figure out what what strategies are they comfortable pursuing to help address the cat overpopulation issues in their community and shelter euthanasia and 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 see how we can support that. Um, you know, some of those agencies are having a lot of success with uh, neonate foster programs, um, kitten nurseries, uh, you know, projects like that, that help improve life-saving of that really vulnerable population. Um, in some agencies, they've been able to uh, get, you know, more partnerships in place for um, adoption outlets for cats. Uh, some are transporting out cats for adoptions to communities that have the ability to place them. Um, and then, of course, there are the communities that fully embrace community cats and are are going for it and are, you know, recognizing that these cats are out there. And unless they get fixed, they're going to keep breeding. And um, and they're they're focusing their efforts on making that happen. I would assume, but I'll ask this question just for some clarification, that um, organizations that just operate um, low-cost spay-neuter clinics are also eligible to be members? Absolutely, yes. And their work is so incredibly important and 
I sh if I could wave a magic wand, that would be the first thing I do is drop some more spay neuter clinics around this state because there are areas that really, really need that kind of support. Yeah, there are many, uh, or not many, but a, a couple of coalitions that I know, you know, have done really some strategic analysis of the state and trying to understand where the black hole areas are so that then, you know, some strategic resources can be focused in those areas. So I think that that's a, an excellent direction to certainly go in. Um, you know, by merging these two organizations, you've really put uh, two sort of populations that have historically maybe had a somewhat adversarial relationship, I, you know, probably 20 odd years ago. But, you know, in certain communities, that adversarial relationship can still exist. What do you do from a leadership position to help um, facilitate uh, productive networking or partnerships or collaboration? I mean, how do you facilitate maybe some of that micro partnership um, action that should happen, you know, just within, you know, a couple of communities, not necessarily a whole statewide endeavor? I think a lot of it is leading by example and, and featuring communities that have this really um, nailed. I, I've always been, a, so my, my background is running the nonprofit shelters. And I always felt that my role in doing so was to support the public shelter in my community because that public shelter, you know, if, if my facility is limited admission, that public shelter is, is the community safety net. And, um, you know, I, I felt that was, was my responsibility to, um, work with them and support that and support as many live outcomes, um, as possible. I, I see a lot of really good collaboration uh, going on around the state, and there are certainly areas that could do better. Um, I think there's there's a lot of talk about the benefits of collaboration and the, and really the necessity of um, public and private partnerships to get the work done. Um, and and really, and gosh, California has, as you know, so many natural disasters. Um, that as, as tragic as those are, they're very unifying. Um, you know, when your community is on fire and you have to find emergency housing for, um, more than a thousand animals, I mean, nobody can do that on their own. So, uh, collaboration in those instances is, is critically important. And, and I would say in that regard, um, a lot of those disasters have facilitated more um, camaraderie and goodwill as, you know, when something comes up, um, there are so many agencies that are willing to step in and help and, and pull animals out of affected areas or take animals from, you know, adoption floors in the, in the impacted area so that they can handle evacuees. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a challenge. Um, but I think, you know, recognizing the collaboration and these partnerships as a great ultimate benefit to the community and to the animals and, um, and, and really touting that as the way to go, uh, I, I think is really helpful. It's, it's, you know, going to not be, um, quite as I think popular to just siphon off and do your own thing. You know, it's, I, we're just not at that stage. Our, our industry is evolving, professionalism is evolving, and there is an expectation that we look beyond the walls of our own 
facilities um, and and into the larger community and evaluate our role and and you know what we're doing there to ultimately affect the well-being of of all of the animals and people. So, um, Jill, if folks are interested in finding out more about Cal Animals um, or ask you any questions, how could they do that? I would love to hear from them. Um, Cal Animals, um, so they could check out our website, which is calanimals.org. We've got a lot of great information on that. Um, we put on a really big conference in California that, you know, animal welfare professionals from other states would um, probably even enjoy if they'd like to to come out for that. People can always reach me at jill at calanimals.org, um, and I'd, I'd be happy to chat. That's great. Jill, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? I would say I would really like everyone around the country to um, think think about and support their state associations. I think there's so much value in bringing shelters and, and really other animal welfare resources um, to the table together to work together and communicate and collaborate. And if that's happening in your state, that that's really good and it's really, really important and should be supported. And if it's not happening, um, I would hope that somebody gets that off the ground because it's, there are so, so many benefits. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, I think we, we still need a lot of networking opportunities and opportunities to learn from one another. And um, it takes effort, but it's worth the effort to, to put that all together. So, um, so Jill, I want to thank you again for agreeing to be a guest on my show, and I hope we'll have you on again in the future. And for my listeners out there, please consider sharing this podcast with others. And if you have time, if you can put up a review, I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much, and, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. 